Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do so. You could email us. The email address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. You could also tweet at us and the... Twitter handle is at SFDiocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, and the hashtag is Ignition. Uh, So we are um, coming down to the end here, Father Dickinson. Winding down. So if you've listened to Ignition before, uh, you know that Father and I have been um, co-hosting Ignition for, well, seven years this month. August of 2017 as we're recording. So way back in August of of 10... We went and saw Inception. Inception, yeah. And that was the first. That was the inception of this yes, uh, it was. effort. Yeah, yes, it was. Um, I had done some episodes of Ignition prior to that, but I think only like 18 or 19. So 300 and some episodes later, here we are coming down to the ultimate episodes. But we're not winding down. We're kicking to the finish line. Kicking to the... Yes, we are. Yes, yes we are. And... And uh, not the finish line of ignition per se, but the finish line of ignition with Father Dickinson, uh, Father's participation. So um, I've mentioned the last few episodes that if you've got ideas about uh, alternate co-hosts, if you've got ideas about alternate hosts, if you've got ideas about um, alternate formats, um, ignition will live on. Uh, We will endure. We will persevere without Father. But if you have ideas on um, changes you'd like to see to the show, how we do the show, um, if you want to do more than just try to replace Father, or at least to get a new co-host, um, we're, we're all ears in terms of you, uh, your feedback as as our listeners, because we are here for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Even if Father won't be, um, I still will be. Nope. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, this topic that we're discussing today, actually, because we're coming down to the final episodes, I had a few, few ideas in mind, but I also wanted, um, as I usually do, um, father to chime in on on something. So this is a topic that, that you particularly were, uh, enthusiastic about. So I'm going to let you set it up, father. Enthusiasm. See. Uh, yeah, I'm not an enthusiastic, but it is kind of a topic that kind of comes and goes, threads its way throughout priestly life. Sure. Uh, in a variety of ways, but just kind of uh, came upon uh, came upon it in a different way, in a different thought. Uh, back around the 4th of July, maybe the Sunday after the 4th of July, on July 9th. Ninth, yep. But uh, so um, we were singing a song at Mass, and uh, it was one of those songs that maybe I wouldn't necessarily pick myself, but uh, in, the, in the refrain, it was something like this longing of peace, this longing of like coming for peace and of justice. In the midst of the world, and it just kind of struck me, you know, it's maybe kind of one of those 1970s hymns, yep. you know, kind of like, oh, come on, like, smile on your people now, you know, but it wasn't quite like that. Um, what's that song? Everybody love one Get another together. right now. Anyways, it wasn't quite like that, but um, but just this idea of, you know, this longing for peace and justice, it just kind of struck me, like, do people know that the only way that real justice will come is through authentic authority? Right. 
Uh, and so I don't know if listeners, if you've ever made that connection. So I just thought it'd be good to talk about this connection between uh, true justice, true peace, uh, that it only comes through authentic authority. Um, and uh, because that peace and justice are topics that are very uh, hot, hot, yes, hot, <laughs> uh, today, and and so I think it's it stand to think a little more about them, and you know, it might be, a, and it's also a bridge and something to talk about with those who are concerned Absolutely. about these things. Yep. Uh, there's because uh, it can lead you when you start to go down this road of okay, well, how is peace? How is justice established? Uh, it takes us down some interesting, interesting roads. Yeah, like you, you're. I mean, it is sort of ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Um, it's justice, not only in, in politics, uh, quote unquote, social justice yeah. warriors, uh, but you, you noted in the notes, like popular movies. I mean, the Justice League is right. coming out uh, next year, uh, um, whatever. Uh, but, but justice is truth, justice in the American way. I mean, it's, it's one of the, we've talked a lot about freedom over the last seven years at Ignition yep. um, as, as being sort of uh in the DNA of what it means to be an American. Well, justice is right there as well. But I I completely agree, Father, that sometimes maybe we don't, as with freedom, we don't often think, okay, but what do we mean? But what is justice? And, right. And how we're going to find, how we're going to, how we're going to establish justice yeah. more importantly. And, uh, you know, one of, uh, after we had made our preparations yesterday, I added just a little thought on if you saw this idea of like vigilante justice, uh, it seems like more and more of our movies include this idea of uh, vigilante justice because of a dissatisfaction in authority. Right. And dissatisfaction in the way authorities are corrupt or are done. Right. And so I think there's even this subconscious or unrecognized connection between justice and authority uh, that's in our modern life and our modern world. So it's worth talking about it and and diving into it. Totally agree. Yeah. The other thing I would say too, as the father of young children, uh-huh. that's not fair. Right. That's not really going to focus on today, but the idea of justice, I'm like, you don't know what fairness means. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and well, it's connection no, to mean, authority. Well, yeah. 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 Well, oh, you're talking about it in terms of like when your children kind of rebel against authority. Yeah. Or, or, when, oh, okay. or when they make a claim about Something's not fair. That you're, missing, or, that, that, that you're poorly exercising your authority. The, well, I'm saying you're poorly understanding what fairness, uh-huh. a, a.k.a. justice, means, yeah. which is not quite the focus of our episode today, but uh, as, a, as a parent, it's near and dear to my Well, heart. I was thinking, when, when you first said that, I was thinking about that in terms of... Uh, How I exercise my authority. Well, no, in terms of when something's wrong, they go to the authority. Oh, so like when, you know, yeah. the oldest steals something from the second yeah. oldest. Yeah. Hey, that's mine, dad. Yeah. That's not fair. Right. That that does happen too. I meant more when I say, you can't have that. That's not fair. Right. Uh, well, um, justice is giving, t- uh, treating, whatever. Never mind. We're not going to yeah. get into that today. Yep. So anyways. All right. So how then does just, like, how does justice relate to authority? Okay. And I think uh, there's some fascinating things to think about, like, in terms of, like, what is injustice? Mm-hmm. What What isn't? We were just talking a bit about that, but what is injustice? It's I, I, I shouldn't have looked at the notes, so I could have just given something. Um, injustice is treating... Well, that's, uh, but my part there is a tangent yeah. that we're going to after this. And so. so injustice would be treating equals unequally, because to... Justice is treating those who are equal in the same way. Uh, that, that's sort of the tradition. Father's giving me a. Well, he's, I've never he's really heard that as like the traditional. Aristotelian. Really? Yeah. I always thought Aristotelian was to give to each person their well, due. Well, their due. Right. 
Right. But another way of putting that, but what is due to them? Right. What is due to you is... Well, and and D, uh, do, by do, we mean D-U-E, yes. not D-O. Not D-O, yeah. Do as in like, your library book is due. Yep. Yeah. So the, the uh, really um, treating equals equally is 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 frank. I, I'm pretty sure it's just another way of restating that idea, like giving somebody their. Yeah, doing. but I, I guess the idea of like the re- the reason I like uh, to treat each person according to what they're due. Yeah, it sets the person like alone and apart from the idea of having a value only in relationship to others sure. per se. Sure, but you have an intrinsic value in and unto yourself. That's true. Um, but yeah, I still do like that one. I just I'm I'm a quibbler. Yeah. In 300 some episodes, we've learned that I quibble. You do quibble, but uh, there's more than one way to look at some things. So you're quibbling. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so injustice is that in some ways something's out of order. Yep. Right. Something's, something's not right. Right. Uh, so justice does have to do with the idea of some sort of moral rightness, moral rectitude, uh, correctness. Um, and so, uh, and so even those, which is interesting, we can get, Settled later, but like e- even for those who say there is no idea of morality, they still cry out against injustice. Absolutely, yeah. But you, you have a point. Yeah. Uh, what do we call? Um, what, what's one of the the synonyms for a prison or a jail? Or the, what do we call the people who work in those places? Correction, correction officers. officers. Right. They're correcting what's incorrect. Right. Right. Yeah. What's so. out of order? What's unjust? Yep. And I think the, we don't have time to go deep into this, but I think that. Um, it, our longing for justice and our recognition of of injustice. We've talked before about the natural moral law yep. and Stephen Budzinski's. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not Stephen though. Jay. Jay. Jay Budzinski's yeah. uh, book, "What We Can't Not Know," yep. and how like children don't have to be taught that stealing is wrong. They just know, like, if this is mine and you take it. That's wrong. Uh, you know, and uh, when a child first learns about what abortion is, they just know things are wrong. But so this reflects the idea, and you could do a fascinating little subset of this idea about the ordering of creation. Yep. That creation itself reflects an order both physically, uh, and so we know when things are out of order. Uh, I know when my eyes don't work right. Uh, I know when, um, you know, when, when there's drought and plants are dying that should be flourishing, uh, there's a physical ordering to the world. There's a, uh, a spiritual ordering to the world. Uh, the fact that there's n- never been a naturally occurring uh, atheistic civilization. Mm-hmm. That cultures always seek in some way to honor divine divinity, even though they may understand divinity in a, in a clouded or a shadowy way. Uh, and then the idea of moral order. Uh, there's this idea of right and wrong, and when these things are out of order, then that's kind of injustice. Right. It's an injustice. You know, there may not be anyone who's to blame, but there is an injustice about drought. Right, right. There's an injustice about uh, typhoons. There's an injustice about cancer. There's an injustice about, um, you know, talking to someone who had a, has an ear disease that throws off their balance and is going to affect their hearing at a young age. You know, there's an injustice to that, even though there's not necessarily uh, a, a someone who's violated uh, them in, in a specific way. Right, right. And all of that, and just just uh, um, the injustice that is now inherent to creation um, is not because God is a flawed creator. Right. It's because of original sin. Correct. Adam and Eve, uh, that, that the, the first sin that they committed— 
And this, this goes, you know, we've talked numerous times over the years on Ignition about the nature of sin. Sin is never just private. It always has larger ramifications. And that certainly includes uh, creation. That, that It might be strange to think about, the, but the reality is that all those disorders that you describe, just described flow from that primordial sin. Right. They all come from sin in yeah. that regard. Quick tangent on that. Yeah. Have you ever thought about the fact that there's usually two sides to every temptation? Uh, what do you mean? So not in the sense of like two sides to every story, but two sides in the sense that when you're being tempted, like someone who you're probably in communion with, whether through your family, through your workplace or some friendship, mm-hmm. right, is probably under some other test as well. Mm. And especially uh, the enemy might be targeting you for the sake of distracting them or so that when they come to you for help, you feel, oh, I've got nothing to give them and I can't step up and stand into this moment where our Lord is calling me uh, to be at the service of his mission. Hmm. No, I hadn't thought of that before. Neither did I until recently in a book. Is that a thing? Well, I kind of, I think so. I mean, it makes I, sense. I, I mean, just the way you describe I've never thought about it before. That's why I'm like, Well, and especially hmm. the idea, like, I mean, our sins always affect others. Right, right. And so right. it would make sense that our temptations are probably in right. some sort of effect that way. Like it's a strategic thing. Like uh, St. John Vianney, I uh, would talk about how the afflictions of Satan would be the greatest on the nights before some big fish, as he would call it, some big uh, uh, convert would be coming to confession the next day. Hmm. Wow. So. That, you know, that's really, um, for me, I, uh, I like that idea. It's, it's a helpful idea to me because mm. it means that, it, it just makes it more concrete. When I'm fa- undergoing temptation, to avoid the temptation is not only for my own sake, right. but for the sake of somebody else. For your wife, for your children, yeah. for your workplace. Yeah. 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 Which, which already, again, that's already an implication from the idea that there's no pub, private sin, that every sin imp, uh, has implications, but it somehow it makes it more almost tangible, more, more, yeah. it gives a more concrete idea to survive or uh, persevering through the temptation. And if there's anything we want to do in ignition is try to make things of the Catholic faith more concrete and tangible. And that's what you're listening to right now is Ignition uh, with Father Andrew Dickinson and... Dr. Chris Bergwald. Where we're uh, desiring to equip you in your Catholic faith and your ability to divide others to live it. Uh, our topic today is uh, the relationship between justice and authority. And uh, if you have any comments or questions or suggestions, uh, how would they get a hold of us? You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet us. At SF Diocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, use the hashtag ignition. So we were just talking a bit about uh, kind of the ordering of creation, and we know when it's out of order, and we feel this. Even if we can't name what it is, we know in some way, and that's what injustice is. Right. Is that something of God's creation is out of its proper order. Yep. There's a sign plastered on it, out of order. Right. Yeah. Even in the future, nothing works. Uh, <laughs> quoting the movie, Spaceballs. Mel Brooks. <laughs> No, I'm okay. gonna miss Father Dickinson's. Uh, uh, one of my one of our my guest co-hosts is Emily Leadham, mm-hmm. and Emily, uh, I don't know if you remember this father, but she said that she needs the annotated Father Dickinson <laughs> <laughs> for all of Father's cultural references that uh, go over her head. But but at the same time, you know, uh, looking at someone's footnotes tells you an awful lot about uh, how they prepared. That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving along, moving along, moving along. Nothing to see here. Uh, so, how is injustice repaired? Just pretty simply. Uh, it's repaired, uh, or this was going to transition us to our discussion of authority. It's repaired either first by the offender, by the offender making reparation, apologizing, uh, and then repairing what's done wrong, uh, and, or it's 
imposed by higher authority. Right. You know, and a higher authority has the ability to bring justice. So, you know, we were talking about your children earlier. And so you probably watch them to see if they can establish justice, hopefully through right. repentance and reparation. But when that doesn't happen, there's a time where you need to put your foot down. Yep. And uh, so that's really where I want to transition to. So in our longing for peace and justice, part of our longing is for a proper authority. Right. Now, I think at first glance, like when I first think about this idea, especially right around, when I was thinking about this right around the 4th of July, you know, this idea of uh, authority doesn't fit too well and, and of a longing and a need for authority doesn't fit too well in the modern American mindset. No, no, because we are, we're all equal. Right. Which does go back to an idea of justice. To Aristotelian uh-huh. notion there. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, Which means Aristotle. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Footnote. <laughs> um, footnote voice. That, that's, that's, a good, that's a good footnote voice. Well, it I took like me 300 idea. episodes to figure this out. I know, right? Um, but the idea that we're all equal, taken to extreme, though, becomes egalitarianism. Right. Which is, uh, to some degree, anti-authority. Right. And there is an anti-authoritarian street or anti-authority. Uh, I'm anti-authoritarian, right? But I'm not anti-authority, right? And there's a difference between authoritarians, authoritarianism, and authority. And egalitarianism leads to just being opposed to all authority, right? And to any claims of authority, right? Exactly, right. Which ties in, I think, as well to the relativism of our day, right? Yeah, which is the other, the other. I don't know, the, the way that we struggle as Americans. Right. Um, that that well, I decide what's right or what's wrong. Um, now, nobody, well, very few people take this to its logical conclusion because then it, it would be complete anarchy. There would be, everybody eh, recognize. Maybe we're moving that well, way. Well, we might be moving that way, but people recognize um, that my, my what's, what's the one way that people put it? My rights stop at your nose or whatever in other words i can do whatever i want until why do my rights get to go to your nose i know why do my rights have to stop at my nose uh, yeah i'm and they don't have an argument for that but they're still while it's uh inconsistent and illogical right that's mainstream and i think it's part of the conflict of right. mainstream american culture in this one this is uh exactly what we want to talk about is that there's this longing for justice this longing for order okay and this desire to create it but we reject all ideas of any authority, whether it's an individual authority or a moral authority right. or a spiritual authority to order uh, the injustice that we experience. And so we're left in this conundrum and this confusion uh, in American culture, which I think we'll get to a little more uh, a little later on, uh, but time permitting. But yeah, and, and so we are conflicted. We are uh, by the relativism and the egalitarianism of our day from uh, finding the ordering principles and right. the ordering authority that could bring peace and justice that we long for. Right. I mean, there's there's the slogan, no peace, no justice, N-O, N-O. Right. No peace, no justice, K-N-O, K-N-O. Um, and this, it is a slogan, but there's truth to that too. Yeah. If you if if there's authentic justice, then peace does arise. But what do you need for authentic justice? You need some sort of ordering authority. Exactly. Now, uh, as Catholics and Christians, where do we get this idea? Or where do we get our sources of uh, ordering authority from? Um, the Pope. Right, because everything the Pope says, we do. That's right. No. Oh wait, no. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> from from God's divine revelation, whether it comes through nature, yep, the order of creation, or whether it comes through divine uh, scripture and tradition, right? And so, uh, so God reveals His authority to what we believe is uh, Catholic Christians, um, and we believe that He reveals it through creation and also through scripture and tradition. Right now, uh, the two sources of this authority are not contradictory to each right. other; they are complementary. And uh, the highest authority is that of scripture right. and the teachings of the church. Right. Uh, but there's nothing that contradicts them, so they're not odds. Even though there's a hierarchy, there's a, a level in this way, but the authority of things that we learn from the natural world, of the right use of our humanity, the right use of uh, the natural world, things like that. Uh, things that and, and these things are accessible to all people of goodwill. Right. Even if they don't believe in the revelation of Jesus Christ, they can know these things. Um, but if they have goodwill, and, and, and if they believe that, the created word is world is knowable. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then after that comes the idea of uh, scripture and tradition. And so these become the sources of authority for us. Um, and you see that throughout the scriptures, you see this idea of God having created the world uh, and putting under his authority, right? The Holy Spirit uh, moves out on to the waters and organizes the chaos and creation in Genesis chapter 1. And then, as God establishes an order, I think Scott Hahn in his book, A Father Who Keeps His Promises, talks about the six days of creation as God creating three realms, uh, the heavens, uh, the sea, and the earth, and then populating Populated. those yep. three realms, right. the sun, the stars, and the moon, the fish, uh, and then uh, the animals of the earth, and um, so God, and then he puts it all under the authority of Adam, mm -hmm. and then now Satan usurps that authority, and then God goes about to reestablish the authority and the right ordering and the justice of creation throughout the story of Revelation. So when we talk about the ordering of creation in the natural sense, the natural accessible to all people of goodwill, it's what God first established in those six days. Right, right. And those things are still there, although they're faded, they're affected by sin, as we talked about earlier. And then God's reestablishing comes in the story of the Jewish people culminating in Jesus Christ. One of the things I love, and actually we're going to talk about this next week when we look at some favorite scripture passages, but with Genesis, um, we're stewards. The idea of stewardship is not just about how much money I might give to, the, to my parish. Right. It's about the fact that God has... Uh, designated us, authorized us. Right, given us authority. To, to care for his creation. Yeah. And to nurture and to present it to him. No, we're his stewards, we're his kings, queens, but we're also his priests. We're called to offer back to him his creation. And this goes back to this idea of temptation then. Because the, when I talked about the two sides of temptation, mm -hmm. is that right. because you're exercising God, the stewardship of God in some degree, every one of you listening to this is exercising the stewardship of God, even if you're a teenager at home, uh, whether you're stayed in life, whether you're married, single, uh, ordained, consecrated religious, you exercise some portion of the authority of God in your Christian stewardship. And so temptations are an attack against your right living right. of that authority. right. And there's an importance to the bringing forth of that authority. And this is why I say this is something that's always been kind of in my priestly life is this idea of authority. Right. Uh, uh, you must respect my authority. <laughs> okay. No, but, uh, but just the idea that when things go in, uh, in communion with the authority of the priest in the local parish, things go better. Yep. And when I respect the authority of SDSU, 
yep. things go better yep. for me, right? And so, all right, I wish I could do things this way, but they asked me to do things that way. And it's not wrong to do things their way. And so I'm going to do things their way because then I'm respecting their authority and working in communion with the authority God has given them. Whether or not they recognize it's from God, I'm working in communion with that authority. Right. Um, do you have any examples from your priestly life? Yeah, like, um, well, I think that'd be the most basic example is just like cooperating with the authority of SDSU. Sure. But also, um, uh, the one the one example I'll use, just because we're short on time, but the idea of baptisms. Mm. In baptism, there's an exorcism before the baptism. Every baptism. Every baptism. And why is that? Because the child is born under the authority of the kingdom of darkness because of original sin. And so that child has to be set free from the kingdom of darkness by the authority of Jesus Christ, exercised through the baptismal ritual of the church, and then plunged into the waters of baptism. Amen. And so there's that dual action in that way. And you always need to be mindful of that reality. And priests always need to be mindful of the fact that they're exercising that authority. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, so what happens though, this puts up a lot of, uh, there's a burden here on authority. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean that cause authority can be misused. Authority can be taken for granted. Uh, you know, I'm in charge, whatever I say goes. Well, no. And that's the great thing about the Catholic understanding of authority is that the authority isn't in the person themselves, right. but it's in the person in submission to the truth of Jesus Christ right. and the teachings of the church. And all people have access to those teachings. And, and the truth is revealed through creation as well. Right. And so if you see uh, authority in the church and civic government acting in contradiction uh, or in denial of the truth of creation the tr- or the truth of scriptures, then you know they're misusing their authority right. and you do not have to strictly follow that authority. In fact, you have a duty to speak into and challenge that authority. Which is why, again, going back to you're not, I'm not anti-authority, we're anti-authoritarianism. Because yeah. author- author- authorita- authoritarianism says that I determine what's right, what's wrong, because I am the quote-unquote authority. Right. I, no, no, no. I am, like everyone else, uh, bound to the higher law. And I'll be judged for how I've exercised that authority in accordance to the truth of scriptures and tradition and creation. Amen. And so. so we've got about a minute to go, Father. Any any final thoughts? Oh, golly gee. Um, <laughs> what's it's, hard, it's hard to ramp down because I'm kind of excited right I now on that topic. Um, you know, uh, I think... If we have any like, kind of actionable point yeah. for the listeners, it would be exercise your legitimate authority. Don't be afraid of your legitimate authority, uh, whatever your state in life is. And maybe you only have authority over your car as a teenager, uh, maybe over your pets, maybe you're an empty nester, maybe you're a widower, you know, and your authority is now limited. But don't be afraid to exercise the authority God gave you. And to be attentive to our Lord wants you to be true to it. And if you've sinned against your exercise of authority... Right? Repent. Amen. You know, and make amends. Yep. Seek to repair what you've done wrong. And that goes back to the point you made earlier on how is injustice repaired? It can be imposed by higher authority, but the offender can also make reparation. Right. And also, maybe another little word would be for those who have suffered under the hands of authority, then uh, your call is to entrust yourself to that final judgment of Jesus Christ, the ultimate authority, who will come to judge the living and the dead and the world by fire. Amen. Amen. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet us at sfdiocese. Use the hashtag Ignition with any questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. 
click on media and then audio files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.